0: I'm in a little bit of a pickle tonight because I have so much to go over, and if I do not get it done tonight, Brother Cooper is with us next week, and then you would have to wait until two weeks from now for me to finish, and I think you'd forget all by then, so I'd need to start all over, and then I wouldn't make it through again, and then Brother Bertram is there to next week, so then I'd have to start over. So I have to finish tonight. (laughs) So you're gonna have to listen quick. Exodus chapter 2 is where you're going to be. I'm going to go to Acts chapter 7, but you turn to uh, Exodus chapter 2. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you the entire message in a statement here at the beginning so that you can fall asleep if you wish. (laughs) And then I'm going to take the rest of the message to prove to you the statement. Okay? Here's the statement. When you think God is done with you, he's actually doing something to you and for you so that he can do something through you. When you think God is done with you, he's actually doing something to you and for you so that he can do something through you. Now let me prove it, if I can. You are gonna read Exodus chapter two, verse 10 through 14. Are we ready? Ready, begin. And the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses, and she said, because I drew him out of the water. And it came to pass in those days, when Moses was grown, that he went out unto his brethren, and looked on their burdens, and he spied an Egyptian smiting in Hebrew one of his brethren. And he looked this way and that way, and when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together, and he said to him that did the wrong, Wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? And he said, Who made thee a prince and a judge over us? intendest thou to kill me as thou killedst the Egyptian? And Moses feared and said, surely this thing is known. Stay in Exodus chapter two, but I have a question for you. If you're using your imagination as you are reading through this story and you read verse 12 of Exodus chapter two, what do you picture when the Bible says that Moses sees sees an Egyptian striving with an, with an Israelite, and he looks this way and he looks that way, and he approaches and the Bible says he he slew the Egyptian. How do you picture that? It sounds very violent. It sounds very instant. It sounds like Moses saw it, didn't like it, looked both ways, can I get away with this, rose up against the person and just killed him. Okay. He, he, he did, he killed the person, okay? You're not supposed to kill somebody. It's, it's gonna be one of, the, one of the things that God tells him in a little bit. But I want you to listen to Stephen's account of the story and perhaps think if maybe we picture it a little bit differently, okay? Acts chapter seven, verse 20 says this. Remember, don't turn there, say in Exodus chapter two. Acts 7 7 verse 20 says this, in which time Moses was born and was exceeding fair and nourished up in his father's house three months. And when he was cast out, remember into the bulrushes, Pharaoh's daughter took him up and nourished him from her own son. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and in deeds. And when he was full 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended him and avenged him that was oppressed and smote the Egyptian. That makes me picture it just a little bit differently. Maybe he comes in between, hey, 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 stop this, stop, stop doing that. The Egyptian won't stop, gets into an altercation, and Moses takes care of business. Either way, he killed the person. You're not supposed to kill the person. But what this brings out is Moses, this wasn't just some quick crime of passion. He was defending his brother, avenging his brother that was oppressed. It went wrong. It got out of control. It escalated to a point where maybe he didn't want it to escalate to. Let me keep reading. For he supposed, why did he do that? He supposed his brethren, would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver them, but they understood not. So there was a purpose more than just vengeance, a purpose more than just anger and losing his temper. He supposed the Israelites would understand what he was doing. They didn't. Read in verse 15. Go ahead. Ready? Begin. All right, for sake of time, a group of ladies comes. And they get into a little, uh, Moses rescues them. And then the ladies go home to their father, Jethro, or Ruel, also known as Hobab. Okay, he has many, many names, none of them good. And uh, how did you come back so, so quickly? Oh, there was an Egyptian there and an Egyptian delivered him. Where is the guy? Oh, we left him in the wilderness. Why would you do that? Why don't you go back and tell him to come up? So he does. And now let's read here in verse 21. And Moses was content to dwell with the man. And he gave Moses Zipporah his daughter and she bare him a son. And he called his name Gershom for he said, I have been a stranger in a strange land. And if you look in Acts chapter 7, verse 30, 40 years. The Bible says, when 40 years had expired. I either don't have a title or I have many titles. I have many titles tonight. My title is either in the process of time. Another one would be One day, you'll see. Another one would be, trust the processor. Heavenly Father, bless the preaching of your word. Let us learn something. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Forty years. How many of you are 40 years old? Forty? No, no, exactly 40, people. Exactly 40. You're, you're just wasting your own time. Nobody's 40 in here. Okay, let me help you with this. Forty years ago, a new show started called Late Night with David Letterman. Forty years ago. Forty years ago, a movie debuted. Small little production called E.T. Forty years ago. Forty years ago, at Disney World, Epcot opened. 40 years ago, the Vietnam Memorial was dedicated. A new house cost $82,000. The average income was uh, $21,000 a year. The average rent was $320 a month. A new car averaged $8,000. And gas was $0.91 a gallon 40 years ago. That's a long time. 40 years is a long time. Those of you who are 40 years and older, y'all are old. <laughs> 40 years is a long time to be alive. It's a long time to be married. How many of you have been married 40 years or longer? Been married 40 years or longer. That's a long time to be married. Preacher Gomez just finished. He retired after 40 years of ministry. That is a long time to be in ministry. 40 years is a long time to work somewhere. How many of you have worked at the same place for over 40 years? Anybody? It's a long time. It's a long time if you're going to work that. How about this? Imagine 40 years stuck. Imagine being stuck for 40 years. Imagine 40 years of unknown. 40 years of questions. 40 years of wondering. 40 years of regret. 40 years of your past holding you in chains. And you just described Moses' life. In the verses we read, we read over it so quickly. Moses has suffered 40 years of regret. 40 years of tears, 40 years of confusion. Because Acts chapter 7 tells us that he he was called by God to deliver the Israelites. He supposed the people would know that God by his hand would deliver the Israelites. He was called by God, Acts chapter 7 tells us. But here's the thing about Moses. He had riches when he was called. He had an education of royalty when he was called. He was living in Pharaoh's house when he was called. He had a huge future ahead of him if he was called. He had it made in the world when he was called. And then Hebrews 11 tells us about Moses he had a choice then to make. He could either choose the pleasures of sin for a season or to suffer affliction with the people of God. He could either choose the treasures of Egypt or the reproach of Christ. He could either choose the world or he could choose God. And Hebrews 11 says he chose God. Not an easy choice. Coming from the pinnacle of what the world has to offer to suffer affliction with slaves. But he chose God. And then Exodus chapter 2 says he saw his chance. He saw his chance. He saw a fight ensuing. And he considered, he looked this way, he looked that way. And when he considered what God had called him to do, he stepped in. He stepped in to defend his brother from the Egyptian because he supposed that his brother, the Israelite, would understand This is what this man is here for. God has raised him up to help us be delivered from the Egyptians. But it escalates beyond what he can control. He smites the man. He buries him in the sand. And everything goes wrong. Everything falls apart on Moses. He thought the Israelites would understand. They didn't. In fact, the next day he sees two Israelites fighting and Acts says he goes up to try to bring them together again. And the Bible says one of the Israelites thrust him away. Who made you a prince and a judge over us? That is not what he was expecting. He was expecting the exact opposite. But when it came to the Israelites, his own people, it fell apart. When it came to the Egyptians, it fell apart. Pharaoh found out. You're dead. Bring him to me. He's dead. And then God, the one who called him, the one who put it in put it in his heart to deliver the people from what I see for forty years, said nothing. Forty years thinking. I should be leading. But I'm wandering. 40 years thinking I should be delivering, but my people are suffering. 40 years, it doesn't even, we don't even wrap our minds around it, do we? 40 years thinking I should be helping God, but I'm a shepherd in the backside of the desert. 40 years thinking I had a higher calling I had a higher calling, but now he's content to dwell in Midian. Forty years thinking, I'm supposed to be a national leader. He's got a family. He's got a family of a wife and two kids, and he names one of the kids Gershom. Stranger here. Every time he called his boy's name, it was a reminder, I am not where I'm supposed to be. I am a stranger in a strange land, 40 years thinking, I thought I did what I was called to do. I thought I did what I needed to do, but I ruined it. One day, if I could just take back that one day, what if I would have approached it this way? What if I would have waited? What if if I wouldn't have punched him that last time? 40 years thinking, cringing, regretting, dreaming, having nightmares. Over one day that ruined his life. Broken down, worked to the bone, wandering in some wilderness, knowing his people are suffering, wasting his life. If any of us would have came into contact with Moses during those 40 years, we would have found a very broken man. He wasn't skipping and hopping in Midian. We would have found a very regretful man. We would have found a man who asked, what if, what if, what if. We would have found a man who asked, where did I go wrong? Because I supposed they would have known. It went too far. I know it went too far, but my intentions were pure, we would have found a man who had been so beaten down that he was content to be much less than what he knew God had one time wanted him to be. Stuck. Now, have you ever felt that way on any level of the spectrum? Have you ever felt, I don't know what God has next for me, if anything, You can go back to one day in your life when you said, I thought this. Job from the ashes saying, I do. I know how that feels. Can you hear Joseph from the prison cell saying, I know how that feels. Can you hear David in the caves peeking his head out? I know how that feels. Can you hear Elijah at the brook Cherith saying, I know how that feels. Can you hear Peter after he denied? I know how that feels. Can you hear the 120 disciples in the upper room? Say I know how that feels. Can you hear the Jews in the intertestament period saying, "Yeah, I know how that feels." Can you hear Ab- can you hear Abraham after Hagar? Oh yeah, I know how that feels. Can you hear John on Patmos? I know how that feels. I know how it feels to be stuck. Maybe because you messed up. I know how it feels to to want to do more, to want to serve. But it seems like God's just done with you. He shelved you. And that's how Moses felt. And you know what? When I read Exodus chapter 2, verse 10 through 22, I would tend to agree with him. But then verse 23 comes along and changes everything. The Bible says in verse 23, it came to pass in process of time. For 40 years, Moses thought he was done. He never knew what God was still doing in process of time. So, to you who think God's done with you, can you breathe? then God's not done with you. To you who think God's done, to you who think there's no future, to you who think there's no leading from God, I want to do more, I want to move, but I'm stuck. You never know what God is doing in process of time. Now there's one matter that I cannot tell you in this message. There's two matters that I can tell you. The matter that I can't tell you, I can't tell you what God is doing in your process of time. That's what Job wanted to know. I just want to know what God's doing, why he's doing it. Lord, I know you have a lesson here. And if you could just tell me, that'd be great. His three friends say, well, you must have slept with someone that wasn't your wife. You must have turned away an orphan. You must have done this, you must have done that. That's what God's doing. He's punishing you. And he says, no, no, actually, that's not what happened. Elihu comes along and says this. God doesn't tell anybody what he's doing. You know why, Job? God speaketh once, yea, twice, and man doth not understand. I cannot tell you what God is doing in your process of time. Even if God did tell you what, you wouldn't catch it the first time. So he'd say, okay, let me tell you again what I'm doing. And you wouldn't catch it then either. So he just says, why don't you just trust me? But I don't understand the process. Trust the processor. You ever heard trust the process? That ain't easy for me. Do you think Moses understood that 40-year process? No, but he needed to trust the processor. I can't tell you what God is doing in your process of time. I can tell you that God is doing something in your process of time. I can tell you that. He never slumbers or sleeps. Second Chronicles sixteen nine: The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the entire earth to show himself strong in the behalf of him whose heart is is perfect toward him. He's looking for a way to work. I can tell you what God did for Moses, maybe to be a little bit of an encouragement to you. I'm not saying that what God did for Moses is what he's doing for you, but that's not the point. The point is to show you this. I know in the process of time, God is doing something. I know it and I can tell you What he did for Moses, as long as you remember this, the entire 40 years, Moses had no clue. He had no clue it was happening. Remember that the entire time. Four matters that God was handling in process of time. In those 40 years, the Bible says, it came to pass in process of time, chapter 2, verse 23, that the king of Egypt died. For 40 years, Moses says, I should be leading. I should be delivering my people. I should be serving the Lord. But I'm done. I'm stuck. And he never realized God wasn't done with him. God was actually doing something for him. See, Moses, if you're going to deliver the people, you're going to have to communicate with Pharaoh. You're not going to be able to sneak in and pick up millions of people on your shoulder and sneak them out at night. You're going to have to communicate with Pharaoh. You're going to have to interact with Pharaoh. And beyond that, if you're going to interact and communicate, he needs to respect you. And right now, the Pharaoh that's in charge wants to kill you, buddy. So how do you think, if you were to go back right now, how do you think it would go? Let my people go, kill him. He waits a little bit, and here's what happens. God says about this new Pharaoh, Moses, I've made thee a god unto Pharaoh. This new Pharaoh respected Moses. The old Pharaoh would have killed him on the spot. For 40 years, Moses thought he was stuck, but actually, in process of time, God was removing obstacles from the way so that Moses could accomplish what he needed to do. So maybe here's what it looks like in your life. I I believe I'm supposed to go to college, but I can't right now. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. Okay. Maybe right now at that college, There's another person there that would be a horribly bad influence on you. And God needs to get that person out of the way before you can go. Maybe the job market is full where you're going to go to college. And God knows if you go right now, you ain't going to get a job and you're going to come right back. So in process of time, I'll deal with that. Or maybe you say, I want to be in ministry, but I'm stuck right now. I'm stuck at my job, and I want to be in ministry. I want to help more at the church, but God knows this. Well, right now, there's a manager at your job that would not be flexible with your schedule. Let me remove that manager, and you'll have a lot more freedom. Or maybe... I understand that you want to be in ministry, but some financial obstacles need to get out of the way first. Or some of you say this, I want a job, I want a secular job, I need a promotion, I need a, I need a whatever it is, and I'm stuck. I'm not getting a job, I'm putting out my resume, I'm getting interviews, and nothing is happening, stuck. And maybe God knows, hey, I have, I have no problem with you getting a job. But right now, if you were to go there, there are some financial structure issues that are going to lead to layoffs in about two months. So why don't you just be patient and let me deal with that? Or, or, Lord, I really want that job. You're not letting me get that job. Why not? Oh, because there's a person there that would tempt you. There's a lady there that would tempt you, sir. There's a man there that would tempt you, ma'am. I need to get them out before you go in. Or you say, I want to start a family. Or I want to move on as a family. But I'm stuck. Maybe there are health needs going on with your spouse where if you tried to start a family right now, it would lead to great complications. And maybe the insurance agent that you would have to call at the company wouldn't want to work with you. Or maybe the doctor that you would be assigned to at this moment wouldn't help you. But in process of time, God would remove all of those. So is God done with you? Or is he doing something for you? For 40 years, Moses would have said, stuck. Stuck. Done. Ruined it. But actually, in process of time, another thing I see, God was changing others. He was removing obstacles and he was changing others. Get this, at the start of that 40 years, Moses would have said, I'm ready. I'm ready to lead. I'm ready to deliver. And he had that in his mind. That's why he did it, right? At the start of the 40 years, I'm ready to lead. He never considered, are the people ready to follow? And they weren't. They weren't ready to follow. Exodus 2, 14, who made you a prince and a judge over us? Acts chapter 7, he thrust Moses away. Acts chapter 7, verse 30, they refused Moses. Moses. But in process of time, those same people over 40 years in Exodus 2.23 sighed by reason of their bondage and cried for deliverance. And then when Moses was introduced in Exodus chapter 4, those same people that refused him, the Bible says, believed and rejoiced that God had looked upon their affliction, but it took 40 years. But remember, Moses had no clue that God was changing others the entire time. I'm ready to serve, but I'm stuck. You may think you're ready, but your spouse isn't. You may think you're ready, your kids are not. You may think you're ready, but the people you're going to lead are not. I'm ready to have kids. I'm ready to grow my family, but I'm stuck. You might be ready, but your spouse has some physical ailments that I need to deal with first. Your spouse has some emotional damage that I need to deal with first. I'm ready to date. I'm ready to move forward in this relationship because she's a cutie and he's, he's a hunk. And so I, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. Well, the other isn't. The other isn't mature enough right now. So hold your horses. Oh, but I'm ready. The other isn't. Or how about this? The other person needs to heal from some previous things that have happened. I'm ready to start a ministry. Oh, so many times I've thought this, Lord, I'm ready to start this ministry. I wanna put another net in. I'm ready. And he says, I know you're ready, sport, but who's gonna lead it? Who's gonna lead it? Who's gonna finance it? Who's gonna fill it? Who's gonna work it? You may be ready you're not the only piece on God's chessboard. And he might have a lot of other people. And in process of time, he'll move them around and he'll get them ready. For 40 years, Moses would have said, I'm ready. I was ready, but now I'm stuck. But actually, Moses wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. But in the process of time, God was molding him into a better leader. Forty years he was removing obstacles, changing others, and molding Moses. But if you would have talked to Moses in those 40 years, you know what he would have said? Forty years of heartache. Forty years of being beaten down. You know what God would have said? I'd call it humility. Humility which you're gonna need if you're gonna lead millions of people. In fact, Moses, your epitaph is gonna be, Moses, my servant, the meekest man alive. For 40 years, Moses would have said, toil, work, sweat, blood for a job I'm not even called to do. You know what God would have said? Character. I'd call it character. Just doing what needs to be done, whether you want to do it or not. I'd call that character. You know what Moses would have said? 40 years of leading sheep. I'm supposed to be leading people. (laughs) And God would have said, training. Training. You know what Moses would have said? 40 years of wandering in this wilderness, wasting my life. You know what God would have said? Actually, you're gonna be walking around in this wilderness for a long time and someone's gonna need to know it pretty well. In fact, when he first comes to Moses, he says, one of the ways I'm gonna prove to you that I had all this in mind is you are gonna worship me on this mountain. This mountain that you just wandered into, you're going to know every pass, every nook and cranny, every place where there's water, every place where there's wolves. You're going to know all of it. 40 years of wasting time. God would have said, no, no, no. knowledge. So you say, Lord, I'm ready for the next step. He says, No, you're not. Lord, I don't like where I am." And his answer would be, where you are is gonna prepare you mentally for where you're going to be. It's gonna prepare you physically for where you're going to be. It's gonna prepare you financially for where you're going to be. Whereas if you were to go there now, you'd fall flat on your face. Well, Lord, I'm just stuck. I'd say planted. Moses thought he was ready, but you know what? At the beginning of the 40 years, all zeal without knowledge, all brawn without brains, all plan and no patience. In process of time, God made him a different person. The Moses at the beginning of the 40, wouldn't have lasted. Moses at the end of the 40, became the greatest leader in history. He never knew that. The entire time, He just thought, I'm wasting my life. For 40 years, Moses would have said, stuck. But actually, in process of time, God, here's the last thing I see, was preparing to wage and win an amazing war. Exodus 2.23, the king of Egypt died. What happens when one king dies? Well, another one. Another one, right? Another one needs to come in. And Exodus 9 says, God said, I raised up that king for the cause of showing my power and declaring my name throughout the entire earth. But it took 40 years to do it and Moses never knew. So Job... You think you're stuck? In process of time, God's got a double portion coming. Joseph, you think you're stuck? You just wait to see what God's gonna do with you in process of time. Elijah, you think you're stuck at the brook? Just wait until Mount Carmel comes around. God's preparing to wage and win an incredible battle. Peter, you think you're stuck? After the denial, after the crucifixion, you just wait until Pentecost comes around. And you see what God has been preparing. What God has been working. Hannah, you think you're stuck? You just wait and see what your son does. John, you think you're stuck? Just wait until what happens on this next Lord's Day. John on Patmos, by the way. Moses, you think you're stuck? Just wait until you see what God has been doing in the process of time. I have five statements to give you, and I'm done. Five statements that I've kind of said all throughout, but I just want you to think about. Number one, you never know what God is doing in the process of time. Number two, you can be sure he's doing something. Removing obstacles, changing others, molding you, preparing a victory that if you were to wage the war right now, you would not win. But you can be sure he's doing something. Number three, when you can't understand the process, trust the processor. We know, we know We know, it doesn't take faith because we've seen it. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. What's another one? Jeremiah 18, The vessel of clay was marred in the hand of the potter, He made it again. He made it again, as it seemed good to the potter to make it. Statement number four, God is far too loving, far too wise, and far too powerful to waste a wilderness. And the last one is one I already told you. When you think God is done with you, he's actually doing something for you and to you so that he can do something through you. So stay right and one day you'll see. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.